Hey, how's it going? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks, um, thanks for having me on the podcast. Oh man, thanks for doing it. Great to have you on. Is is it like summer there now? Yeah, it's it's getting warmer. Today was miserable. It was it was uh cloudy and rainy and um you know about seventeen degrees or so, but it's about to get warmer. I live in uh like the south of Australia, so it gets it does get hot, but yeah, only in like you know deep summer. M- most of the time, it's quite uh not quite like you know the UK, but it's 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 not what you picture when you picture Australian weather, I guess. Okay, right, yeah, because we're used to yeah completely shit weather the whole year round it's brilliant you know we're, of we're course just, just, just our summer is uh those you know a few times we got some we got some we got some good stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. what part are you in again is it adelaide or perth i'm in melbourne melbourne um, okay i can completely yeah, melbourne, got that wrong uh, melbourne in victoria yeah i'm sure we should start with the beatles <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i i imagine that's 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 largely why uh why i'm here the beatles yeah. but we can, hey, we can talk about the beach boys as well i'm actually working oh. on a beach boy so oh, okay I i'm in a bit of a beach boys mode at the moment oh, man i love the beach boys too jesus it's just oh, man have you seen brian yeah, seen... uh i have i saw him do his pet sounds show in 2016 oh, yeah uh, when he was last here and it was um it was just fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't believe I, I, I was seeing it for, you know, in front of my eyes that it was the, you know, cause uh, my, I always feel sorry for my mate who went to see the beach boys, which of oh. course is just like, you know, Mike love and co just uh, rattling off the old hot rod hits yeah. um, at a geriatric uh, pace. Um, but no, I, yeah, I was like, no, I saw Brian Wilson. I saw the closest thing to the beach boys that exists at the moment. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just have so much have so much love for that band. Obviously, it's been very uh, Beatles centric uh, in this last month. What with now and then and the Red and Blue and all that. But um, yeah, no, I'm 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 working on a video about the Beach Boys love you. You know, Brian Wilson's. Oh, I love that record. Uh, yeah, his bizarre uh, '70s synth pop. Uh, Johnny Oddity. Carson. Yeah, yeah, just 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 a wild collection of tracks, but also a um, very kind of moving and sincere album as well. As, as strange as it as it is, it's it's yeah, it's such a trip. There's nothing else like it in their in their entire discography. So I'm I'm kind of obsessed with it at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> and you, I remember you did that video on the Love and Mercy movie, which I really liked more so the more so the '60s Brian Wilson stuff. I always thought the the 80s stuff was jarring i was like okay that's definitely not like you know what i mean it kind of weirdly took me out of it yeah i i do because i mean yeah john cusack had such an uphill battle there because the stuff with paul dano in the 60s making pet sounds i mean that's the stuff everyone wants to see but yeah. the film doesn't work um without uh, the stuff in the 80s and a lot of people give john cusack a lot of flack for his portrayal but if you actually look at because Brian Wilson really changed over the years. Like the way True. he was in 1977 was very different to how he was in 1981, which was very different again to how he was in 1985. John Cusack was playing him in this very specific period in Brian Wilson's life where he was kind of just, you know, he was still kind of drugged up, but he was also sort of letting go of his past. And if you watch him, there's a lot of 
uh, nuanced uh, similarities between uh, the betrayal and the real Brian Wilson during that time. I've just, uh, <laughs> I always feel the need to like tend to, I, I do tend to agree. Like I always watch, um, uh, you know, rewatch those scenes with Paul Dano in the sixties more fervently yeah. than I would the eighties scenes. But yeah, um, I don't think it's terrible. I don't, no, I, no. I, I think it, it, it really does help create um, quite a dynamic and interesting film. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, thank, thanks for the shout out, by the way. That's a, a bit of an older video now. Yeah. yeah, appreciate yeah it. Hey, hey, I've been watching the videos. Hey, I know you had on uh, Peter Rames Carlin as well. Yeah. I just finished his book it's on uh, Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys. Great book. Oh, really great. I, I, I read that in like uh, less than a fortnight, which is, I guess, I'm a bit of a slow reader. So that was, uh, yeah, I, 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 I love that book. But um, yeah, it's a brilliant book. Yeah. It's brilliant. And I had David yeah. Leaf on too. David Leaf as well, yeah, the yeah. original biographer and now friend of, yeah. um, of Brian Wilson, which is so yeah. cool. And that beautiful Dreamer documentary, that that's the smile one, that's just so amazing. Yeah, I actually haven't seen it yet. I, oh, I've, dude. Um, I, I know, that. I know, I really need to. Well, I'm, 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 I definitely will in preparation of this next video that I'm making, but uh, yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> what, what's speaking of the Beach Boys, and we move on to the Beatles, what's what's your top beach boys albums i mean sunflower has to be i love sunflower i think yeah yeah that's great call actually i've said on a video i said i think in that love and mercy video i said my favorite Mm. album was pet sounds uh, which is an easy one of course but i i love sunflower (laughs) sunflower probably is in my top three i was re-listening to it um just 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 the other day i also saw a band called a modern band that i love uh, they've released my album of the year uh the lemon twigs i saw them they're from the states great band their whole sound is um you know uh uh, inspired by that 60s guitar rock oh. pop um sound they, they, they're just fantastic their album this year everything harmony is uh yeah give it a listen uh oh, cool. i'm not i'm not getting paid by them or anything i just really love that album <laughs> um but they i saw them in melbourne and they encored with uh this whole world which oh. i believe is from sunflower and they just did an That's amazing so... job no perfect they nailed all the harmonies i was like wow i can't believe <laughs> i'm hearing this album track uh for, oh, it might have been a single single but for from a you know relatively obscure Beach Boys album, um, yeah, I was just knocked out by that. But uh, yeah, I love Sunflower. I love. Um, I was even listening to. It's not in my top three, but I was listening to Friends the other day. I love how peaceful that album sounds. Um, that that song that Brian uh, wrote. That's like uh, not doing. What Busy it, doing like, not nothing. Doing anything. Busy doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just a great song, like the bossa nova just, kind of. Like, ding, 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 yeah, 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 it puts you in a really nice mood. I was just, we, I, I was driving with my girlfriend. Uh, we had just stayed at a place in the country, and we were just driving back through these kind of like backwards roads and listening oh, to it. And cool. it was just, it set such a great vibe uh, on, on the on the journey. And I, I, I was like, man, this is this album's not bad because I, I listened to a lot of those post pet sounds albums you know hoping for uh, a similar level of i don't know psychedelia grandiosity that you get from smile and and pet sounds and then it's this yeah we kind of lo-fi bossa nova thing and it's like what what is this same with wild honey as well it's like this very kind of scratchy loud but thin rock sound it's like what are they doing but (laughs) you go back to those albums and you realize how much um how much magic is in them of them kind of you know uh 
getting to grips with who they are now post pet sounds post their early 60s tunes and like figuring out who who the beach boys are it's yeah they offer there's, there's a lot of great stuff in those records yeah sure. wild honey is, uh, is such a great record like like the like that piano sound is just like totally raw totally just <laughs> yeah. brilliant like it's completely underproduced but in the most beautiful way you know what i mean it just has this sound yes and yeah yeah you know, it's not like Pet Sounds, which you could tell was the Wrecking Crew. You could tell the lads are yeah. playing on it. You know what I mean? And there's something cool in that. Like, I, I like that yes. we have Pet Sounds and I like that we have Wild Honey. Don't think I, I I would always, I always think where Brian could have went. And I, and mm. I think that is the, the issue, I think, with the Beach Boys as opposed to the Beatles. The Beatles were always going together. But the Beach Boys were like, Brian was going in a direction. They were all, no, Brian. And I think if Brian had yeah. someone like the Be- Beatles, like a, like a band, you know what I mean? Like a real, like, yeah, it, it would have been a different story of, of what yeah, actually, yeah. you know. I, th- I think about this a lot. I think, you know, he definitely um, had his moments uh, with his brothers. Um, I suppose, you know, him and Mike struck gold a couple of times on a few songs, but he never had that unification that the Beatles mm. uh enjoyed as a foursome. Um the, the the Beach Boys were never a coherent unit um and were clearly not on the same level uh in terms of songwriting and compositions. Like it, it's it's I, like I still enjoy listening to those guys in the early 70s when Brian's more reclusive. I enjoy them like figuring out what 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 they are as a band and what they've picked up over the years, I guess, in a way under Brian's, you know, not tutelage, but, uh, his, his lead. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, fa- it's always fascinating stuff, but no, he was leagues ahead of them. And I do wish that he was, uh, freed up, um, earlier in his life from them, from their own, uh, I guess, insecurities, their own, um, kind of, uh, distrust of Brian at the same time like if he just didn't have to worry about that if he wasn't chained to, to them what 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 stuff he could make with other people and um, yeah yeah it, it it really does you know get you thinking like you know it's the same as like if the Beatles uh, you know if John Lennon never died if they you know reconnected in the 80s or whatever what would it be like Ooh, um, 80s yeah easy there Elliot 80s production on the Beatles that would be Horrible. I had this conversation with Ken who wrote that Mal book and we were like, imagine the 80s had a beat that imagine that, like the big gated snare, like, oh no. <laughs> well, I guess it's like depending on when, because there's a big difference between the late 80s, yeah, that you know, that Peter Gabriel snare drum sound and the yeah. early 80s. I love the early 80s as a, a time in music mm. uh, in general. Like if they reunited maybe in like 83, I yeah. think there's there'd be there'd be something cool there that they could, you know, if they, especially if they worked with George Martin, because you listen to a lot of early eighties records and they sound, I think they sound really good. Yeah. Um, you're also coming out of that, like, you know, it's that post-punk era. It's that new wave era. It's that early synth pop period where, you know, disco and um, punk have bitten the dust. And now we're getting the remnants from those two genres. And uh, it's this kind of exciting experimental time and you get great, well, not great records from all the Beatles, but you've got really interesting stuff from Paul mm. around um, the early 80s, you know, Tug of War, McCartney 2, they're two of my favourite Paul McCartney albums, full yeah. stop. Um, John was 
onto something really lovely with double fantasy. Um, I was keen to see where that would would continue on to. And I think George, George wasn't exactly striking gold um, with uh, Summer in England and Gone Troppo, but that is why it would have been a perfect time for a Beatles reunion. I think it, it, it would have been a great time for George, who was, I think, feeling a little bit lost and a little bit directionless and a little bit, um, you know, at odds with the music industry in general to go back to his old collaborators and just be a member of the band. And, you know, Paul and John can 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 write again together. And I think, I think uh, the 80s has, has a lot of stuff that hasn't aged well, but there are still plenty of great records that sound good yeah. um, from that time, like, you know, Prince, uh, you know, Michael Jackson records, Madonna records. Like, there's still a lot of stuff that sounds really good. And I think the Beatles, because they are the Beatles, would have made it still sound great. I think I think if they used the synth, it, you know, they, they, they would have done the right stuff. with. I, w- I would listen to anything that they put out. <laughs> Me <know>. too. <laughs> um, even if they did something in the late 80s. Like, I'm sure, like... Um, where that's a period I don't like as much. I, you know, uh, everyone loves Cloud Nine. I think it's just okay. Flowers in the Dirt is just okay. A lot of bad production amongst great songwriting on that album. But yeah, that that's the most difficult time for me in popular music history, the late 80s. I think, yeah, it's it's just a just a, a, a tricky period where a lot of stuff didn't sound good. But again, there were there were highlights. I've been thinking about this actually because I've I've just done a Patreon video about eighties music, so I've got eighties music on the brain. Like in excess, Australian band, great album from nineteen eighty six called Kick. Sounds incredible. You know, it could be done. It could talk, be done. Talk talk, um, talk, 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 talk. Yeah, talk, talk, yeah. Talk, Spirit of Eden, like one of the best sounding records ever, I think. And that was eighty eight. So it, you know, yeah. It, 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 there was it, there was still a lot of gold amongst a lot of crap for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always think it's it's the production was more jarring than anything, especially for sure. Hindsight, it could, it could kind of sometimes production can take you a bit out of the song, kind of like yes. as much you know as I love "Free as a Bird," but. When I listen to the now, I always hear I go, "That snare's awful loud." It's like it's just yeah. like I'm like, "Whoa!" And you know, it was recorded. You can see that it, here that it's recorded separately. That Ringo was just going. Doof, doof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Jefflin's Jefflin's production sound. I don't hate it, but uh, yeah, it, it, you definitely know who it is within seconds of listening to it. Yeah, but it's funny. Like that's kind of what got me really into the Beatles because when I was younger, that was always on this huge Q channel, and I remember going, "Wow, that's class." And then, like, right. I I don't know, was it the same for you, but. I got into the Beatles when I started listening to the Beatles. I started listening to all the psychedelic stuff first. So then I went back and listened to like Hard Day's Night, and, and I I knew it as a kid, like the Yellow Submarine and stuff like that, but not like intensive, you know. But it was only, and yeah, I remember right. the first time I heard Tomorrow Never Knows. I was like, is that a remix or something? Because it sounded so modern, like it still sounds yeah. incredible. Like, like yeah, I I mean I first heard there. My dad had um. My gateway into the Beatles was he had the Past Masters compilation, uh, Volume One, and the Anthology One. So my, oh. my my first Beatles that I heard was their really early stuff, um, early early uh, tunes, uh, particularly with Anthology, and their singles. And then when I was in high school, early high school. Um, that's when I got uh, like the one uh, compilation. I got the Love album in 2006 when that came out. 
And that's when I got it. Yeah, that's when I had my kind of like psychedelic passage with the Beatles. I was like, wow, this stuff is so like out there and wild. And, you know, I got Magical Mystery Tour. And I was like, oh, this is my this is my shit. I love this. I love whatever <laughs> I am the Boris is. Like, I love that it's weird and but still very melodic, um, but strange. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it was it was definitely it, I, I when I when I when I got into them, it, it was it was done in such a kaleidoscopic way where I, I kind of took in everything at once um so it's, it's hard for me to like even distinguish like which albums I heard at which time yeah. there's a few that I had earlier but once I was into them I was like into them you know I, I had everything like on my iPod within <laughs> like a couple of weeks you know I was yeah I, I was obsessed yeah it's always like that isn't it everyone I talk to about the Beatles and they get into them they're like just totally get into them you're like you want to find out everything you want to like watch his main yeah. document they're just like that kind of band that is just like its own universe they're very moorish yeah 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 they're just, yeah yeah exactly exactly think and like there's so much in info like even though like i was saying to you in the name of that mal evans book like there's so much stuff in that i never knew before you know there's like there's quite there's there's odd stuff like there's at one point paul says to mal you're my servant and i was like whoa I was like, whoa, there's like jarring stuff yeah. like that. And you're like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Like, that, well, that's, that's, you know, that's the result of a young man who has had the world at his feet by a very young age, um, who is, you know, writes the song yesterday and is in love, is loved by literally the entire world. And I think, you know, like Paul saying something like that is him not really, I guess, yeah, checking his <laughs> uh, that that particular privilege at that that time, and um, you know, I'm sure he more considers Mal a friend, a, a good friend, a companion than uh, a servant. But that's that's Paul. He could be quite blunt and direct, um, even to this day when he's he's you know he, he he's going about his business. That is <laughs> that 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 is part of his mystique in, in a way. But um, yeah. Uh, they all love. No, them. I know they all love Mel. Yeah, you can yeah, tell. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm really keen to read that book. Um, You'd love it, that's, man. That's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I've. Uh, he's, you know, he's kind of, um, the guy. Uh, he was the best friend of the awful Beatles, and it was. It's great that stuff like Get Back has has been able to shine a light on on Mel Evans. Everyone saw this, you know, big friendly dude. Um, just bring them cups of tea. I was like, who's that character? You know, like he is such a character. So it's nice that there's been a, a, a interest, um, a, gro- a grown interest in, in in Mal Evans. That's very cool. You know, you know the the brother Malcolm story, the Let It Be thing. Is that where he was like, um, like he wrote part of Let It Be or something like yeah, that? Yeah. Well, like he had an idea for how it should go or something like that. It was Paul had a dream, and in the dream, Mal was saying, "Let it be, Paul. Let it be." Yeah. And then yes. there's a kind of whole thing in the book about the whole original line was like brother Malcolm, or mother Malcolm, and then it changed to like you know mother Mary. Long. Yeah, yeah. So there's like, which is, and I think it, 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 you know, Paul's telling of obviously is different now. So, but you, you know, it's hard as it, you know, as you get old, like I'm sure there's the stuff that I tell that I've convinced myself that's happened of stories that I've told, you know, you always get, and especially when it's the sixties, yeah. like, you know, in the sixties, can you oh, imagine? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like and, and 
you know, that's, uh, <clears throat> I, I, I've, I've been thinking about the way in which Paul uh, versus someone like Brian Wilson goes about interviews. Like with Paul McCartney, you, you do hear a very tight, you know, engaging, gripping story, but a story that if you've listened to any other Paul McCartney interview, you've seen him tell a million yes. times. Whereas like <laughs> what I've been noticing with like Brian Wilson in interviews is that that guy is just so bluntly honest and never says the same thing twice. Like he's, well, I mean, he does. He's obsessed with, you know, Phil Spector. That's mostly what you hear <laughs> when yeah. you talk to Brian Wilson, but he, he's not yeah. like, he doesn't have that uh, kind of PR quality no. about him that 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 Paul does, um, and 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 that I think is is why you'd hear you know him talk about Mother Mary because he knows that you know whether he remembers it this way or not not uh, whatever the authentic truth is that the story of his mother is much better you know yeah. to tell. Yeah. in interviews and to you know uh bring some magic to the legacy of the beatles which is really what paul is is trying to do at the end of the day he's trying to make this thing that we all love mean something uh even more to us all i think it comes from a good place you know again who's to say what he actually believes and what he actually remembers and what's actually true but mm-hmm. um yeah i th- i think i think some people can think that like that that's paul being you know, devious or he's not telling the truth or anything like that. But I think, I think that stuff comes from, from, a, from a good place with that man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it has to be just weird. No matter where you go in the world, someone knows you and like wants yeah. something from you. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, and it's, it's been that way for 60 years. <laughs> yeah. That just has to be like you know? crazy. Like, like, the, you know, like there's all those stories when he went up to Scotland and, you know, people would be following and trying to get, find out where he lived and all that kind of stuff. I love that kind of yeah. period of his music. Like Ram, I think is such a great record. It's some oh, amazing yeah. songs on Ram. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, what, what did you think? I know I seen the video you did with, with now and then have you any more thoughts kind of since have you, have you been listening to it much since, since. Yeah, I have. It? I have, um, I don't put it on all the time, uh, you know, and you again, it's a, it's a certain mood that you, you, you want to be in when you're listening to that song. It's like, um, like, I'm not going to chuck it on a playlist, you know, amongst all <laughs> my other music that I'm listening to at the moment while I'm doing my laundry. Like it, it, it like, it's a song that, uh, yeah, really like takes me to a place each time I hear it. And, um, I I understand a lot of the issues that people have with it. Um, I think the thing that I really wanted to communicate with my the video that I did on now and then, and what what I still want my takeaway to be about now and then is that um, I think there's a lot of people, and rightly so, like looking at it from a production value, how it's built, what it sounds like. You know, it's it's very compressed. It's you know, there's too much bass and that kind of thing, but. I mean, like, that's a lot of, like, actual Beatles songs are mixed very strangely as well. But, like, I think more people need to realise, like, that there's so much beauty within this song itself. Like, the the, the song means a lot uh, to Beatles fans and to the the remaining Beatles that, that, that made the song. And, you know possibly to John Lennon as well. There's, there's just, yeah, there's just such a weight to this, um, to this track that, I'm like, even even now, I, I I still think it's crazy that we're listening to 
this song and how it's come together. It's overwhelming, it, the story that it's had. And, you know, some people also might say, oh, well, you're just looking through it with nostalgic, you know, coated lenses and that kind of thing, you know, listen to it as a, as a song in isolation. It's not that good. But I, I don't know if we process any music like that. Like, does anyone ever sit down, listen to a song, go, this is how this song goes this is how it feels to me right now in this moment. Like every bit of music that we love is attached to a part of the song that has nothing to do with the song itself. It's a memory of when you first heard it, a time in your life when things were going really well or when things were really sad, a song came along at the right moment or the wrong moment and, you know, had an effect on you. Like that's the thing about this song. It's impossible to not disconnect uh the heavy weight attached to it when you listen to it you know what i mean Mm. and it just surprised me that so many people were talking about it just as a song you know like (laughs) oh the 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 drums are too loud in this moment there's a weird you know uh the string is is too much here it's like i I don't know it's it's just a strange (laughs) perspective on um on the last Beatles song i suppose yeah but no i love it i love the song uh I, I i probably listen to it at least once a day well once every couple of days um and i'd be very curious to see how it ages um compared to numbers like freeze a bird and real love Ooh. like where it sits in the pantheon of those uh post 1970s beatles songs um yeah yeah <laughs> what do you yeah. think of it um i like it i think i like it more now as this kind of you know the 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 thing about it was I had always heard these other versions of like where people had taken the song and kind of put mm. horns on them and strings and I I was kind of expecting yeah. this you, you know what I mean there was when the chorus hit the first time I listened to it in the chorus hit, I was like oh it was really because I I always knew that I don't want to lose you no 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 yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was such a kind of beautiful part that it would have been a lovely way to kind of build into that so it was really jarring for me the first time i heard it i was like oh i was like all oh, right so I was, I was always always expecting this it took me a few kind of listens to to kind of go to to like it i, I love i actually love the the verse i think that when you just hear john's mm. voice it's just something like wow you know hearing john and especially with the isolated and everything like that it was um but i think yeah. I, I think I, I think i like it more now but I was just so used to hearing, which sucks. I was so used to hearing that thing. So for the first time when I heard it, I was like, oh, I didn't really know. I'm like, I like yeah. it. But... I mean, the first time I heard it, I was like, <clears throat> I, you know, I said this in the video, it, like it felt very strange. Like I almost yes. felt like I was uh, like outside of myself listening, <laughs> listening to it. Like it didn't, it didn't really hit me at all. Um, uh, it was very odd, but uh I've had, I, I've seen some people comment because uh, I mentioned that they took out that that I guess that pre-chorus bit that I don't want to lose you mm. um, section, and they say that it's uh, kind of it's it is still in there in the guitar solo. Like yeah, the yeah, there's a bit of, of it, that yeah. that 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 section is in uh, the guitar solo, which I think is a nice acknowledgement of it. It's you know it's um <clears throat> it's a pretty moment from the song, but. I also understood why they took it out. You know, John doesn't really have like the ending of that bit is him sort of just trailing off in like a big way. Um, And I think 
just it was already a bit of a messy experiment and i guess they just wanted to make it a bit more of a cleaner like here are the verses here is the chorus here is what we will add and that's it you know what i mean because that that section is you know moving as it is the lift is really cool but it it i think it can get a bit tangenty um and that's what paul and john always did for each other when it came to their songwriting they would as much as adding a line or a middle eight they would also edit you know they'd mm. be like oh take that bit out that's rubbish you know we mm. don't need that you know keep keep the song focused on on xyz not not that bit so you know if they if if uh john and paul were really working on now and then together that also could have happened you know it's it's, yeah. it's one of those things for me yeah um, yeah and that's you know, I, also- I, I, sorry, as i said in the in, in the video sorry just quickly i i would love a um like a lo-fi version of it like paul singing in like a you know an equivalent tape recorder mic yeah. and <laughs> and with maybe just like piano and um just some really light percussion from from ringo or something like that or even no percussion and just like a nice kind of lo-fi version between john and paul Mm. i think could be really lovely but that then again that becomes more of a uh, a vanity lennon mccartney project and not a beatles song you know yeah it's i think it's important that george is, is involved as much as he could be um yeah yeah sorry what were you saying uh just what was i saying Oh yeah, Freeze a Bird. It's funny when you can you because you can isolate obviously Freeze a Bird and John's mm. old vocals now and actually make them clear, but they don't sound yeah. as good. That weird like, like lo-fi thing on Freeze a Bird has this such cool sound like that. It's off, but it's cool. I don't mind it. Yeah, yeah. And what what a lot of people don't realize is that they actually did. Um, it's very hard to access, but they did remix uh, Real Love and Freeze a Bird, I think, in 2015 for, like, the bonus yeah. one album. And, it, like, obviously they didn't use the the machine learning to strip it from the piano, but it does sound a lot better, yeah. I think, um, those versions, if you can get your hand on them. They're on uh, YouTube. Um, yeah, yeah, they're on YouTube. YouTube. There you go. And that extra uh, Real and... Love. There's a lot of extra guitar on Real Love. Yes. George stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if they needed to add much to it, but I no. like that they sound a, a little bit more open now and a, a bit more, a bit, a bit, a bit more pleasant on the ear. Yeah. Um, I, I'm what I'm wondering is if they redo anthology because the anthology series and like the DVD series, which is the only place you can access anthology, is if you have the DVD um, that's been out of print for a while. Um, if they redo that, you know, remaster that or whatever on 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 Disney Plus, if they would now put now and then at the beginning of Anthology Three instead of uh, yeah. Sea of Holes or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. sorry about that. It's all right. <laughs> me, me, um, me, me, and my friend. Every year we watch the whole anthology. We just sit down and one day every year we just watch the whole anthology. We all literally... eight episodes. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. We we did it about we did it two weeks ago. And it's just funny doing it because you always kind of see or hear different things, like because it's so long. Like I mean, yeah, we've doing it for we doing it for years. We always used to, we used to when I mean, we were younger, we used to get a bit pissed and watch it. But as you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is fun. But there's just something cool about watching the inception of it. Like I mean, it's so long. Mm. Like I mean, it's like eight hours long, and the fact that that yes, yeah. 
Yeah, like Apple Core did that. It was brilliant. But like, I'd love a re kind of mastered version of it, like you were saying, and to kind of, it would be cool just to bring it, it. Yeah, just to kind of bring it into to now, especially because it's like, and it's fine watching the DVD. But I mean, it's just it would be cool if it got just looked clearer. It's very hard. Yeah, it's very hard to go from something like Get Back and then watch the anthology um it's it it just doesn't hold it up but it, yeah it, it deserves to be seen it deserves to be somewhere on streaming where people can access it uh or, or yeah or like a blu-ray release or whatever because at the time it was like the definitive you know like this is the last thing you'll ever need on the beatles which you know history has shown us to not be true <laughs> but um it was this it was meant to be like this absolute scraping of the bottom of the bar- get every little demo and every last thing out and we'll put it in this and that'll be it um but uh yeah yeah i i i would love that um you know if you are under the age of 20 you've probably never seen the anthology because you would have been too young for it and yeah 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 come on peter jackson get on that next. <laughs> so speaking of your videos that you've done um how long does it actually take you to, because they're they're really well thought out and, you know, some of them are like an hour and a half long. How long does it actually take you to actually go through all um, mm. your information and, you know, you got to edit stuff and all like that? Yeah, well, thank you for saying so. Um, I It does depend on the video, you know, like the, you can see it in, in the gap of time between video releases, like the George Harrison uh, ranking which is my longest video it's two hours 45 minutes that was cool. you know like the, I, I released that in march i didn't release a video prior uh, since december so that one took me you know three months um but typically if a video is you know 45 minutes to an hour it'll probably take me a month a month and a half or so um i probably could be quicker with it but you know it's it, it's it's easy to feel a bit burnt out when it's only you um writing shooting editing and then you you know I'm, I'm doing other stuff as well it's you know i've got a patreon video which isn't as at like the exact you know same quality as like a youtube video but it takes time that's yeah. every month as well um but yeah it, it's the writing part i find uh the trickiest or, or the part where i procrastinate the most because you know, when you're like any, I guess, author would know of a book, like when you're writing something, you can think it's going to be one thing. And then you, you read a bit of information and it totally changes your argument or you Mm. now want to make it this and that. Um, So I I guess I'm lucky posting to YouTube where I don't really have, you know, like a a timeline where I need to get something done. Like sometimes I guess if you work with a sponsor, they like to have it out by a certain time, but most Mm. of the time it's just, you know, it's just really however long it needs, but I, I I like to get them out, you know, fairly promptly so that you know I don't know it's the internet. I don't want people to lose interest. <laughs> but yeah, it um, probably takes uh, again it, all videos are different lengths, but on average, a couple of weeks to write, usually just about a day to shoot, and then another two three weeks to edit. Really, uh, yeah. The editing is always the worst of everything, isn't it? You're like, oh. That's my favorite bit. Is I it love really? Editing. That's yeah, one hundred percent. Shooting it is again. It only takes a day, but it's a lot. Like you know, having to speak on camera for you know because the end product is an hour, two hours, but you're you're shooting all day doing all sorts of different takes. It's, and it's just you and a camera. It's mm-hmm. not nothing to work off. You know, I've got I've got to drive all that excitement 
um, that I put in my videos, all that, all that like passion. I've just got to pull that in from nowhere. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I wanted to have the kind of vibe of, you know, just a couple of friends chatting about an album, but the reality is it's just me alone in a, in a room. So <laughs> that's always exhausting. The writing is like, you know, you, you, the writing's the hardest because you're pulling something out of nothing, really. Mm. You're just creating something. Whereas when you're editing, it's just like you're putting a puzzle together. You know, you've got all the bits and pieces. You've got all the sound. You've got all the stuff you've shot. And then you've got clips that you want to use, you know, finding clips online, like uh, making sure it, it it flows nicely. Like, I love doing that. Editing is the best. I can edit all day, whereas <laughs> like writing, you're lucky if you can get like a good couple of hours of writing out of me every day. Yeah. Right. I think that's the thing about YouTube as well. You know, you you're when when you watch a video, you kind of have to you know, not identify with the person, but you're you very kind of affable. So you kind of you, when you like the person as well, there's something about, you know, you can watch there's something that draws people into videos as well and, you know, yeah. um your video you always seem very friendly, which I think is always a kind of cool thing, you know, and so I've seen some videos where some people seem like uh, on everything, like they're talking down to the audience as opposed to talking with them. There's, you know, there's. <laughs> yeah. Well, fa- yeah, no. Um, thank you again. That's, that, that, that's nice of you to say that that is something I do try and um, work on as, uh, as I guess a presenter in these videos is that I want it to be friendly. I want to come across not like as some expert on X, Y, and Z, because I'm not, I'm, I am, I, you know, I, I, I do the work, but I am just a YouTuber at the end of the day. So I want it to be cordial and friendly. And like, it's again, just a couple of friends chatting about their favorite movie or music or whatever it is. I know there's a lot of, especially about the Beatles, because it's such a sacred text. It's, you know, everyone yeah. has such reverence for this band and, um it's there's a lot of people who love to tell you that they've been around for a lot longer than you that know this that and the other and some of them become youtubers themselves and yeah that's that's i that's one of the things about that's why i mentioned um those i i suppose other reactions to now and then because i feel like that can be often how uh being a custodian of the beatles uh i suppose what what people expect it's a lot of people who are like Oh, look what they've done. They've like, like I've noticed with the red and blue albums, um, a lot of the other videos that have been posted about it, like whether you think all the mixes were good, whether they're all bad, I think you've got to admit that like, there are plenty of them that have been vastly improved and mm. that is worth celebrating. The fact that you can hear, you know, a song like I saw her standing there in really decent stereo, that's worth celebrating. I know people yeah. are very touchy with what they've done to the end of I'm the Warriors, but people act like they've, you know, uh, just absolutely decimated the, the entire uh, discography of the Beatles, but it's it's absolutely not the case. They just focus on that one little thing. It's like they've um, they've massacred the walrus, you know. Like Charles Martin should be thrown in jail, and it's like can everyone just relax. Like you always got the you've got the original, you know, two thousand nine remasters, whatever. It, however it is you want to listen to the Beatles, but like can we? Can we all just relax and admit that, like, having a beefier sound to these particularly early stereo tracks where you've got all three vocals, all three harmonies in one right channel, and then you've got the drums and the bass and the guitar and the le- like, it, it, it sounds so awful. Yeah, and now they're they've you know say what you will about oh they've taken a bit of reverb off this or Ringo's snare is a bit too loud here. It's like for the most part, like this is going to introduce 
these mixes are going to introduce a whole new generation of um you know like get kids to these early tracks these early uh Beatles tunes that are great you know I, I know it's easy to say that like yeah everyone you know we all love the Beatles we all love here comes the sun we all love uh you know hey Jude but like yeah because those songs from later in their discography are more accessible they sound better and they're mm. more they're produced with a more modern with more modern equipment but it's been very hard to make two track recordings sound as fresh and punchy in a playlist alongside you know tame impala and radiohead and all that kind yeah. of stuff you listen to you know and i love her and it's like jesus what's going on here but now it actually stands a chance amongst those other tracks and Again, I don't get why more people don't focus on that and they just nitpick these their few little complaints. But um, so I suppose that's what I that's the presence I'm trying to bring, not only to the Beatles but just in general on the internet. The internet can be a place that thrives on negativity and arguments and this is crap, this is bad, this is over. Um, I know they get a lot of clicks, but I think it's nice to have you know, videos and people with a perspective of things that they think are great and art that moves them and that they think is worthwhile listening to. Um, that's what I like to like to put in the world. Like I've, I've done a little bit of like, you know, videos that hate something or that yeah. attack something. Like yeah. I, I think I tried that in my earlier days of being a YouTuber is like, oh, I should really go in on something <laughs> like the, the video I did on um, the movie yesterday, which I genuinely think is a pretty, like it's an it's a fine movie, but it's a terrible Beatles movie. Like it 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 really gets so many things wrong about the Beatles that I still would say to this day. But like <laughs> I think I'll, for for the most part, on that video, I really wanted to be very like, ah, oh, this doesn't make any sense, and you know, like just just being very nitpicky and stuff. And it's my least favorite video now because all the comments on it are like whenever I see a comment that's like, Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. It's a pretty crappy film, but you, you know, you're so negative about it. You know, there's, you're nitpicking so hard. It's like, I would much rather receive a comment being like, you know, like, wow. Yeah. I had a similar experience. I love this, you know, X, Y, Z about this song, you know, like it, it, what you do online will be a reflection of the people that watch your stuff ultimately. Mm. So mm. it was a, kind of a turning point for me a, a couple of years ago. I was like, I think I want, want to mainly, you know, there's going to be plenty of stuff that I talk about that I talk about negatively. Like I don't, like I do intend one day on probably ranking the Beach Boys albums. There's a lot of Beach Boys albums that I think are really bad. Like the stuff they made in the late 70s through to the 90s pretty much is is god awful a long um, video and i'm not <laughs> yeah it'd have to be a very long i might have to condense it a bit you know i'm not saying i'm never going to be negative about you know an album or a film ever again but uh sometimes it can be fun but mostly there's the, the, especially when it comes to the beatles and the beach boys there's a lot of great stuff to talk about you know make make someone a fan of, of yeah. a band that you love that's i think that's more worthwhile anyway <laughs> though, though yesterday you have you have um, you're allowed to you know nitpick that like that that that, that part in that movie when <laughs> when Ed Sheeran goes now you're the best songwriter in the world or something like that I was like this is mm. this is a fucking dumb on so many levels like what well, Ed Sheeran is it, is the barometer of what's the best songwriter in the world I, I like, know <laughs> on so many on so many levels so so many <laughs> levels like yeah and and, and the fact that. 
people are getting the same buzz out of these songs just played by one guy on a on rhythm guitar and not 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 hearing an entire band inject their own musical identity anyway i i could i could go on about yesterday and i won't but uh, <laughs> yeah i definitely have my problems with that film um if you meet me in person i'll tell you what they are <laughs> have you ever seen um it's called an american i think it's called an american band it's a beach boys movie it's like a made for tv movie Oh yeah, I love that. I like, Me like, too. It's horrible. It's, it's horrible, but yes. it's 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 excellent. Like it's totally so right. funny. It's so unintentionally funny. I actually watch that um, every now and then just for a laugh. Uh, really, really hilarious. Uh, made for TV uh, movie. That that that's one of my favorite genres of like um, like trash media. Is those really really low budget made for TV movie biopics? That's always like. You know, like the the John Lennon one is um, oh, that's in his brutal. own right. That John is Lennon's brutal. Story. That like is... whenever it's the 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 famous person's story, you know it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, there there was like yeah. the, there was one that was seemingly done a few years ago. I don't, it never got released. It was a Michael Jackson one. And... Yeah, he's had a couple of really shocking um, yeah for TV movie uh, yeah biopics that are just. Terrible. Yeesh, offensively bad. Terrible. Offensively bad. Van Dyke made them change his name in that in that American family one because in there was two versions there was one actually broadcast and I, I, I think I, I seen I'm pretty sure I seen that one because I remember I, I recorded it on an old tape back in the day that's showing my age there and uh, they had his name in it and then I seen some version subsequently and it was like some other mad name and then they, that's obviously legally had to change all the smile stuff and all that kind of stuff but um, yeah. I actually kind of love that movie for what it is there's something I think they captured actually the vibe of a bit of the of that time. The movie as a movie is a horrendous movie. Like there's no there's nothing yeah. to was in there. But there's something something I always liked about it. There's something sweet about it. it. I goes don't know what for it. Is. It, it. Yeah. It it, it, <laughs> it really does go for each um era of the Beach Boys pretty much uh through to the 70s, which is the, like it's it's just so hilarious how much ground they're trying to cover. Like that's why those kind of made-for-TV movie biopics are so funny. Is that they're they're in, they're plotting you know decades worth of material into just like a couple of hours, and it just flows so hilariously. But at least they're trying to like show us something. Like I I love the scene where, um, like uh, Brian's wife Marilyn is like pregnant. She's like I'm. She's like I have to go to the hospital. And he's just playing Shorten and Bread on the piano just over and over. And just like, you know, he's just like sniffing from all the cocaine. Like, it is very funny. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I got to watch that again. I, man. I, I don't really know what else to say, but it's, it's, you're going to have a great time if you watch The Beach Boys and American Family. It's, it's, yeah, what a movie. There's some brilliant parts in it, though. Like, you know, that part where Brian actually, comes into Marilyn's house and he starts playing in my room on the piano and it's all Brian Wilson's voice singing on it which is quite yeah 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 it, it sounds cool but it's hilarious cuz then he's singing like he sings like in the 2000s or wherever it was filmed was it 2000 that was yeah but whatever but, yeah, yeah i think it was yeah. made in the year 2000 yeah, yeah it's 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 yeah i think i think there's a lot of sincerity in a lot of the scenes, you know, like I said, like they are going for it. They're not, they're not doing it half-baked. They're doing it with whatever budget they can 
acquire, uh, which means that like everyone looks kind of terrible as well. Like the wigs are really <laughs> bad, but it just adds to the charm, I think. Um, Have you seen Summer you know, Summer still... Nights, Summer Days, the earlier one from the nineties? Yeah, that is mm. that is bad on even that's even that's not even one of those that's that's so good. It's like the worst Beach Boys yeah. biopic. I think it's like ninety one. Yeah. I I couldn't believe when I seen that. I was like, whoa. That was but brutal. still, both of them not as bad as Bohemian Rhapsody. I would say that's still my least. <laughs> really, you know? As, yeah, I, I. Yeah, as a, a movie, with as a movie. It, it, I think what was good about Bohemian Rhapsody was it got so many young people into Queen. Like Queen, kind that of... is true. I can't deny that it, it. Like, yeah, in terms of bringing a whole new fan base to Queen's music, it absolutely did that. Um, yeah, and, and you can argue that any film that does that about a beloved band is a net positive. But what do you like about it? I'm, well, I'm, <laughs> I, <laughs> I really love film, and I really, you know, uh, for some somehow I've sort of become, uh, I guess, a biopic connoisseur. I never wanted to be the biopic guy on YouTube, but it's just sort of <laughs> turned. That's what my channel's turned into in a in, in a way. I don't like Bohemian Rhapsody for a lot of reasons. One mm. of them is that it is a film that denies the whole the, the way the, the way the whole film works is that it denies Freddie Mercury pleasure. You know, like the, Freddie Mercury was a man who lived very large and mm. who was so much he was larger than life. He was he, like he when he walked into a room or a party or whatever it was, he he lit it up and he was doing all sorts of things with all sorts of people. And like it's just ridiculous. There's like a party scene and all the other band members are standing around Freddie being like, well, it's 9 p.m. We better get home to our wives. <laughs> Don't you do anything naughty, Freddie? Um, you know, and it's, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> and then he's just sitting there all conflicted and that kind of thing. Just Rami Malik, just with his big fake teeth, just like, oh gosh, you know, it's it's so sad. It's so, like it, like he he was just kind of like so down on himself the whole time. And Freddie Mercury wasn't that person at all. Freddie Mercury was someone who, like, if you watch an interview with with Freddie Mercury, he's like Robin Williams. He's bouncing off the walls. He's and he's he's loving who he is and what he does. And in that film, that Fred, the Freddie Mercury that's in that film is someone who is almost like a prisoner. You know, mm. like they, they are not allowed to enjoy themselves. Everything they do is, 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 I haven't watched it in a little while, but I've watched it enough times to, 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 to remember this stuff. It's also like on a technical level, it's also ed- edited horribly because all the members of the band have had this weird thing about having equal uh, screen time. So, yeah, yeah, just get these really jarring cut cuts from especially in group in group scenes it'll just go from one person to the next to the next to the next for no apparent reason um it it looks very bad i think it like, uh, like the, the, it's that look that a lot of like modern biopics have that's that very gray digital uh sterile look um you know which i guess isn't you know it's a small thing but like i don't know I, I just think a film about Queen should look more aesthetically pleasing. Um, I think the ending scene where they recreate Live Aid is, again, technically very impressive. Mm. But 
what are we saying about that moment? You know, what 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 new things are we learning about Queen other than the fact that they did uh, Live Aid, which you can look up on YouTube to see the real thing with the real guy with real teeth. You know, like um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I get. I guess I get asked a lot to to make a full video on Bohemian Rhapsody. And I guess if I was going to be a hater in any video, it would be that. I would need to really gather my thoughts about it fully because it doesn't end there i have i have, I have a lot of issues uh it's also just very tropey it's it, bohemian rhapsody dips into all the biopic tropes that were parodied so perfectly in a film like walk hard what a great uh, from movie. from yeah like a decade prior to bohemian rhapsody coming out like it, it it's like I, when i was watching it i couldn't believe it i was like this this is a it's a parody of cock. itself <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that's a super funny movie and super accurate movie because that's what music biopics are like and are still like. That's what I really didn't like about it is that music biopics in a lot of ways can be really gripping and up and um, change the way you see an artist. You can mm. see their art in um, new dimensions. Like in a film, I made a video on it. It hasn't done as well, but I'm very proud of this video. The video I did on a film called I'm Not There, which is a Todd Haynes film about the the life of Bob Dylan, but it's not done in a standard biopic. It's six different people playing him, I guess, at different stages of his life because there was no one Bob Dylan, really. He was a bit of a shapeshifter himself, and that's what this movie kind of plays on. And it plays on different you know, styles, like it's uh, set in the 60s um, and it uses conventions of uh, 60s cinema. You know, there's Godard, there's Fellini references in there for each, you know, it's just a very thoughtful, very intentional film that adds to the legacy of Bob Dylan and helps to create a better understanding of who this artist was in the same way that Love and Mercy helps you to understand what kind of person and artist Brian Wilson was. And you can connect to his music on a deeper level because of someone's artistic interpretation of uh, of their work. Whereas Bohemian Rhapsody, I think, just, it's, it, it, pushes down the the scope of Queen's music and makes it something of like a odd sanitized greatest hits of their of their stuff you know where it's mm. like you know the band member comes in and has a line from from the song a melody a lyric or the you know the, like the doom, doom, ch, doom, yeah. doom, ch, from we will rock you you know and it's like that's not that's like it's just the lowest common denominator of interpreting the creative process. Yeah. I just think a good point. audiences, yeah, they lapped it up. It was a hugely successful biopic, but it, it was boring and it was broad, which are two things that Freddie Mercury and Queen never were. You know what I mean? Hmm. <laughs> so what you're they saying not... is you really like it, is what you're trying to tell me. Oh, yeah. Huge fan. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait for the sequel. <laughs> I know I totally get what you say. It's funny because I actually when I seen it first, I really liked it. But I I but then subsequently I was like, when you read more, uh, it's like that thing you I I liked it and then I thought about it and I was like, okay, I don't like that and I don't like that. But I my initial reaction I kind of like because I got lost in the kind of of uh, yeah, you know. But that's what a lot of those. Yeah, sorry, go on. That's what they do. The, the those kind 
kind of biopics is that they they are very watchable films. There's nothing really, um, you know, like I I did say it was boring. I more mean that it was stale and that it was very yeah, digestible. Yeah, Whereas okay. I think if you're telling the story of Freddie Mercury, a very complex person um, who, you know, like it was originally uh, originally in like the 2000s, they had Sasha Baron Cohen playing Freddie Mercury, who I think would have been an excellent choice, you know, mm. looks a lot more like him mm. for one thing and has that kind of, uh, you know, you don't know what he's going to do kind of energy. You know, there, there's a certain charisma about that actor. Um, and they, it fell through with him because, yeah. because of the surviving members of Queen were like, no, we don't want to do that. That's too risque. We don't want to show that side of Freddie and Sasha Baron Cohen was he tells us on how it's done. He's like, well, you know, the, the, I want to do an authentic, you know, film about Freddie Mercury and this band and, you know, and what you guys did. And, um, and then, yeah, then he, then he left the project because of the creative differences. And that kind of told me a lot of what I needed to know about what Bohemian Rhapsody became. And yeah. And look, I don't, I don't have that much against Rami Malek as an actor. I think he's done a lot of good work and, you know, he was great in Oppenheimer. He was good and he's good in Mr. Robot. I just think he was horribly miscast. And I think it was one of the worst best actor uh, Academy <laughs> Award wins in recent history. I was appalled, frankly. Please, but, um, yeah. please do a video on this. I really want to see this video. Maybe one day, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe when I hit 200,000 subscribers or something, I'll, I'll, I'll make a Bohemian Rhapsody video. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's so cool. You got like a hundred and was it now? 100, 103,000? Yeah, that, well, that happened uh, just a, a week ago or so. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, it's a nice little milestone. Um, it makes more sense now when I tell people what I do, <laughs> which is something I'm just still getting used to, I suppose, when people ask what I do for a living. I'm like, oh. do, you, do you get like, so, do you ever get people like you're walking around somewhere and they go, hey, Elliot? Only ever at, um, it has happened, but 90% of the time it happens at music gigs. That's just no where way. people are going to recognize me. So That's yeah, cool, I you know, I went to when I saw Paul McCartney. It happened there a few times. Naturally, uh, when I saw the Lemon Twigs, the, that uh, the band I was telling you about, I got recognised there. But you know, when I'm just going to the grocery store, it never happens. When I'm just out and about, I no, it doesn't happen. And I'm, but I'm very grateful to the people that have said hi and that they like my stuff. That's very, very sweet. If you do see me in the wild, feel free to come and say hi because. That does, I'm not at the point in my YouTube career where that's an annoying thing at all. It's very sweet. So, um, yeah, say hi if you see me around Melbourne or anywhere <laughs> I am. Someone, a couple of people recognized me in London last year. In fact, the first time I actually ever got recognized was I was on the tour of um, the Beatles' childhood homes. You know, the John and Paul of their childhood homes. Uh, the national trust was like a tour and like one oh, of the wow. guys on the other tour was like oh are you that youtuber and i was like <laughs> oh my gosh you recognize me and i'm in liverpool right now i was like oh i guess that actually makes sense that you recognize me here very appropriate <laughs> um uh, but then i was in like notting hill and it happened some some guy just like literally on the street i was like oh wow um that's that's a really nice perk i suppose yeah of um of, of doing what i do and it's it's not like it's like it's definitely not like a thing that happens a lot or is overwhelming so yeah very uh very grateful for it yeah it's crazy because like you know you you there's people all over the world who are probably watching your videos like 
in just small. It is places. weird to think, you know. Yeah, like um, I you know my kind of thing that I was doing before this was, or that I was trying to do was was acting. I've you know been an actor or you know trying to be an actor for a lot of my twenties. Mm. And even if I could get you know an Australian role on an Australian TV show, it would likely only be seen by Australian people. But it's nice to know that people all over the world you know have seen my stuff yeah um in very you know in small small quantities of course but uh it is it is cool that youtube and you know the internet has that reach it has that universality to it um where you can speak to people from all over except for china where it's not allowed but uh <laughs> apart from that it's great so we're we're getting a bit uh draconian here in ireland so i might be allowed too much longer it's a bit going crazy over here at the moment but you know how it is oh um, really well gosh, yeah just hope it's okay i haven't yeah. really been following closely yeah, but, uh, it's a bit I, mad, do you a bit have mad an election coming up or something or? <sighs> the problem with ireland is every party is exactly the same so you're kind of voting right. for you're like okay which one should I vote for it's it's weird Ar- Ireland's um I love Ireland I think it's a beautiful place I love the people but uh the government are royal shitbags you know they 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 kind yeah. they it's kind of every government really isn't it but yeah they're proper shitbags <laughs> here like <laughs> they're proper shitbags yeah. you know but um ah that's the way it is that's the way it is. like speaking of um you you do acting um. Do you like write music too? Um, I mean, no. I I, I want to one day. I because now should. my life seems to be so much more wrapped up in music, and I guess more music appreciation uh, than you know composition or or songwriting or anything like that. But I, yeah, maybe one day. Maybe one day. It's 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 never been. I, I, I like I just said. I'm more of a music enjoyer. Um, I like to pay attention to music. I like to be, I'm a fan of music, but, um, maybe it's my own inhibitions of, you know, I've been in a band where we've played cover songs and that kind of thing. I like playing music. I'm definitely nothing of an expert. Um, I've told myself that if I get enough money in my life, um, one day I'll get like a nice or just a piano that I can have in a living room that I own in the future. And then I can just, you know, tinkle the ivories every now and then just get a little bit better because i i know guitar i know bass but bass is so you know hard to just enjoy by yourself you really need that band experience to get the most out of it and guitar is great but you know once you've learned a few chords you're like ah what else is there so i really want to get better at piano i think piano is just a more impressive instrument to learn like if someone gets a guitar out at a party everyone rolls their eyes someone sits down (laughs) at the piano at a party starts playing a few tunes it's like hey it's a pretty classy party right here. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, piano sing over the piano. It's great. Pia- piano, kind of, you can go. Well, I can only speak for myself, but you can kind of go to more places. You know, you know, like I've been playing piano yeah. since I was like six, so I mean, I, I know my kind of way around the piano. Um, but I just I find that it's different though, because you write differently as you write in guitar. You know, it's just like everything you go to. There's certain chords you will go to because you're like, oh, I like that chord. But on piano, I do find yeah. that there's just more of a, like a universe within it, if that makes sense. Because, you know, you're kind of playing bass and guitar at the same time because you're using your bass yeah. in the, in the in, you know, treble clef and all that. So the, so there is that kind of thing about it. And I think you can, it's just, it's, it's a weirdly a different way of 
you know, you you will write different stuff on guitar as you r- will write on piano. And uh, I yeah, find... guitar's got a certain built-in mood when mm. you know you pull it out to write something. Whereas, yeah, you can, you, like you said, you can go many places on the piano. There's a lot more, I guess, genres that open up and moods that yeah. you can dip into with the piano. It... That's why I want to learn it. That's I think it would open up more avenues. Yeah, yeah, you should. I've I've a sitar back there, but it's actually in the case and I can't get out. But it's 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 I love playing sitar. It's class, man. Oh, a sitar. Oh, yeah. man. That's that's an intimidating instrument. Try I, tuning the thing. Jesus Christ. I had to change yeah. the strings. Oh, changing the strings was a disaster. I, especially after learning about, like, learning the, the, the sitar through what how George Harrison, like, uh, got around it. Like, he, you know, he obviously played it in Norwegian wood. He, he had picked it up for really only a few months at that point, and it was very rudimentary. And, you know, then for the next kind of two years, that was his instrument of choice. He really tried to get better at the sitar with Ravi Shankar as his tutor. And But he realised that, like, sitar players learn for, like, 15 years diligently, <laughs> like, several yeah. hours a day for 15 years before they get to, like, the accepted beginner intermediate phase you know what i mean it's like it's it's dedicating a life to playing an instrument like like so i'm so i see a sitar and i'm like i'm never going to be able to do that so i'm not even going to try you know like you can write a hit you can write a hit song with a bit of rudimentary piano chords but Mm. to be a good sitar player i'm like well i've already not been learning it so i'm not going to start now because it would take too much of my life and i you know you would never want to like disrespect the instrument i would never want to like play it badly feels like that means more in indian classical music to you know like they just have i I, i've really i've I've learned recently they've got really high standards for their music oh yeah it's very connected to you know um spirituality and their religion and that kind of thing so um yeah that's that's that was one of the great things about the video that i made on him was how uh differently uh india and indian musicians take to music compared to western musicians and the reasons that they write songs versus the reasons that we write songs you know it's 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 a whole different concept altogether yeah oh yeah completely i love indian music i think it's there's just the vibe of it is so like you yeah. said, it's there's something spiritual in it. Like it's very calming. You kind of hear it. And there's a guy actually on YouTube. I seen this the other day, and he's literally shredding on a sitar. He's like this. He's <laughs> he's not even looking at. It. He's just going like this. He he seemingly he he put some sort of pickup, an electric pickup thing into his sitar. So it sounds like a and kind of sounds like a strange like hybrid of a guitar. But the dude is just like yeah. shredding the shit out of this thing. Like and this guy's like oh fucking class man like some dudes are just unbelievable like because when you play the star have you have you played one before it's i've yeah i've held one i'm sure i wasn't holding it the right way but yeah, yeah the, the strings seem to be like so far off yeah like, yeah know, that's quite hard board, but whatever yeah 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 <laughs> like so, so when you see some of those people like like even rabbit doing the stuff that he's doing you're like oh my god like you could see why it yeah, takes him like why fifteen he's years. Wetting so much, yeah. yeah, and why and why it's a a, a lifelong um kind of uh, instrument to learn. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Do Do you actually do you make any of your own films or anything like that? Because you said you're into film. I've never. I've made a very bad web series. Um, 
years and years ago uh mm. and i used to do you know like you know my own kind of like comedy sketches and stuff with friends and that sort of thing but no i've never made a, a short film um again it's just like i was a, an actor for so long and then suddenly you know you get to your 20s and you're like oh you have to be actor slash writer slash director slash right right that. right and it was just a a thing of you know i think i would probably stand a better chance of writing a film now than i would have a few years ago but it's just knowing your limitations i suppose and and knowing your talents and um i've never felt uh good enough i think to 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 write a film and maybe even to write to write music but you know you've got to start somewhere um yeah and it's you know it's it's time it's that's what i love about youtube is that uh i can just do it all by myself i don't need to rely on other people which can be such a headache um you know, it's good to have a balance. I do wish I had co-workers sometimes, but it's ultimately, it's just one of those things that has always worked better for me is just like making my own stuff, just relying on me to show up really. Yeah. Um, Cause making films is hard. I've, I, I, I've been a part of student films and independent films as an actor and you realize how much work has to go into it. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot just to just to realize one guy's vision, you know. Mm, and mm. then even at that point, they're like, oh gosh, is this even any good? So <laughs> if I did write a film and wanted to go through with it, even a, a short film, I would have to, yeah, it would it would uh, not be something I'd do quickly or lightly. But maybe yeah. all this stuff is 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 in my future, maybe at some point. F- film is kind of in a weird place. I don't I don't know if it's the same for you, but sound like an old fart but I, I i kind of just kind of watch old movies now i don't I, like new movies just i just don't even the way they look like this this grading of films oh, I, yeah i cannot stand it man like uh, there's a it, cool book that um ter- toronto tarantino did and um hmm. so he talks about all these different films and i'm kind of watching the film and then reading the chapter on the book, it's quite cool seeing his kind of insights into, yeah. you know, he talks about Bullet and the deliverance and stuff like that. And when you watch those old 70s movies, you're like, oh my God, they're incredible. Like, just the, the way they look, yeah. the, the, you know, I, I, I don't know. What, what they, were, they were they were pioneers, you know, after the 60s and, you know, like the the those kind of... Uh, musicals that like it was really musicals that were you know all the rage and by the late 60s and then all that went out the window and the studio model changed and it was suddenly Scorsese and all these young directors who were just like you know doing whatever they wanted basically like off the handle and it created so much so much brilliance and um stuff like that we'd never seen before uh and yeah it's it's fast you could watch you know, in an old film every day or every week for the rest of, you know, for the next decade, and you, you wouldn't run out. There's there's so much. Yeah. That 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 that's where the good stuff is. But I will say, like with music these days, or when you get older, um, you know, because when you're young, good music seems to just fall into your lap. You, you know, the mm. music that you liked when you're in your early twenties was great. It was the best, and now music, uh, it's not as good as it was ten years ago. There's less of this. There's less of that. But like with any music. And like with any films, it becomes something that you have to turn into like a hobby and you have to actually go out and find the good films because there are a lot of good films being made today. I know that that like when you look at like the um, 
the top 10 highest grossing films of the year these days like it's it's you know it's always just a sequel a big franchise reboot a marvel thing a dc thing and it's like do you remember when the top 10 used to be like a bunch of comedies and then a drama and then an action and then like it would like a romantic comedy and a weird sci-fi would be this great blend of genres and styles and we took a chance on all this stuff and now everything's so safe and sanitized and bland and you know but if if you just look at what's going out in like a a film festival there's Mm. so many great uh, more independent and foreign films that are being made these days that like it's incredible it, like pe- pe- people are still making excellent films um there's a japanese film that i saw this year called monster that is like my film of the year it's just just absolutely wonderful and and you know borrows from a lot of those the the, the stylings of uh, auteur directors of the 70s and 80s um you know, a film like Past Lives I saw uh, this year as well. That's a, an excellent film. Um, uh, the, yeah, there, there's good stuff. I'm on I'm on Letterboxd. Um, I don't know if uh, <laughs> if you're on Letterboxd. The Letterboxd. So Letterboxd is like the it's like a, an an app for films. Um, okay. It's like where you can log films that you've watched recently, and you know you can oh. you, your friend if your friends are on there, you can see what they've watched recently. So I'm going to look at the films that I've watched uh this year and see what sticks out kills yeah. the flower moon um oh Scorsese, i haven't seen that, that was is that good yeah it's good it's very it's very long um it's it's you know it, it you need to stick with it it's a Scorsese okay. film <laughs> yes but it's it's incredibly rewarding um and it's it's it, yeah excellent excellent from scorsese as, as usual really minus one uh, looks amazing I'll, you know that go, the godzilla mi- minus one You've seen the trailer for that? It's a Godzilla movie. But it's called Minus One. It's made by that one guy, Japanese guy. It oh no, like, I haven't, dude. It looks inc- Godzilla's one, been on a bit of an uptick recently. This one guy did like he did. Oh, there's a big thumb there. This one guy did. Um, he did the whole. He did all the video effects for it and everything. It looks actually incredible. I can't think of his name. He's a Japanese guy. Um, but it looks. Dude, it looks like it's a proper yeah. old school like Japanese Godzilla movie, not like a Hollywood eyes yeah, Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, interrupt. We've you had there. we've had we've had more than enough of them. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um other other great films from this year. Uh there in terms of like animation, um, and I guess films more for kids. The new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, even though it's a it's a franchise film, done really well. Animation okay. was excellent. Uh I liked Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. Oh, yeah. That was, that <laughs> was quite good. Um, a film called Theatre Camp I loved. I saw another Japanese film called Perfect Days. Uh, Oppenheimer was great. I liked yeah. the new Mission Impossible. Um, you know, there is there is good stuff made. And I think, um, sorry, it's very dark in here and my lamps stopped working, so I'm kind of... My, my light has come in as completely... Do you know like that Mission Impossible movie? The thing I, I literally watched it two weeks ago. The thing I, I couldn't stand about it was the exposition that they were... Like one guy would say something, then it yeah. turned to the other guy. I was like, dude, stop with that. And my girlfriend was like... But oh, that's a Mission up. Impossible She was like, movie, shut up, Paul. You know, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> those films, I'm never going for the dialogue. I'm going for... No. I'm going to see... You know, I'm going to IMAX to see Tom Cruise you know, ride a bike of a cliff, you know, like that's, that's what I want. I want to see what kind of ma- maniacal stunts he's putting himself through. And, yeah. you know, like 
it's it's kind of like knowing what you're going in for you know mm. what i mean mm. um but like yeah oppenheimer I, I i i thought was great there's good stuff my point is that there is good stuff you've got to search for it though um you've got to go and take a risk on foreign films and independent films i think a lot of the stuff that like a24 the movie studio yeah, A24 yeah, yeah. does they're they're great somewhere and um, stuff like that yeah, yeah, yeah. Ari Aster films. Um, like, if you want to see a film that'll challenge you, go and see Bowie's Afraid, his film from yeah. What's that like? Last year. The working. Oh, it's film? wild. It's yeah? it's it's like a, it's you know people call things a fever dream all the time. That film really is like a fever dream. Like it feels like one long running <laughs> nightmare basically. But like in a, it's also very funny and okay. very strange um it'll challenge you as a viewer of films if you think you've seen everything and all films are boring go and see bo is afraid uh by ari Aster, and uh it'll give you a whole new perspective okay let's check that out that new nick cage movie looks quite interesting the one about it's a it's like everyone dreams about him yeah yeah and it's nick cage so it's you know it's going to be a bit strange and a bit nutty um yeah 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 And, and and the cool thing as well is i think we are in a bit of a shifting time with film where like Marvel has dominated our screens for 15 years. Like Iron Man came out in 2008. And since then it's just been a nonstop barrage of their stuff. But I think they bit off more than they could chew with the whole Disney plus TV shows and homework. And now, you know, the world has realized that they don't, that those, that all this shoddily made, content basically is not worth all of our attention our collective attention and i think we're all now in a place where we're looking for something else looking for something new on our screens we don't want the same superhero fluff that we've been that they've been churning out so i think it's an exciting time um for movies so yeah don't 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 lose hope just yet i still watch plenty of classics but every now and then I'll, I'll go check out something new. You've just, you've got to take the risk and you, and everyone who's listening to this, go to the movie theater, go to the cinema as well. It's the best way to enjoy a film. It's how to form a better relationship with um, cinema at least. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get off my soapbox now. I, t- I totally agree. Yeah, cinema is just like, it's a cool experience. Did you, do you remember the first movie you ever seen in the cinema? I don't. I wish I did. That would be a cool story. I definitely um, do. It's probably my first. Mo- it's my first memory. I think I actually have. What? What? What was yours? I seen Batman, the Michael Keaton Batman in nineteen eighty nine. Oh wow! I was yeah, four. I was four. I was fucking four years of age. <laughs> That's <laughs> that um, my first memory. That would sh- I'm I'm sure uh, Danny DeVito is seared into your brain. Then no, that um, was Batman Returns. Batman. Oh, that was yeah. This of is course, of yeah. Course. So, but the the funny yeah, thing the, was uh, Jack Nicholson. Was yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah, yeah. As the Joker. Yeah. yeah. No, of course the Penguin's not in that. Gosh, yeah. yeah. Um, but even Jack Nicholson's pretty, pretty intense in that film. Because that's the thing about those, uh, the, the the Tim Burton ones is that they're they're beautiful and stylized, but they can also be very shocking. Um, they're dark, like they're dark. They're very dark. You know, it's a four year old. It's a yeah, four-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved Very it. Heavy. I loved it. I loved all that dark shit when I was a kid. I was like, you know, I loved comics that were darker and stuff like that. And it yeah. was funny because because the place it was, it was it was like 
you know, Ireland at the it was the eighties. It's very different than Ireland now. And the cinema, mm. you, the the woman would come in with a flashlight to see where you're sneaking in any sweets that you bought in the shop from the down the road. You know, <laughs> she'd come in with a big light and flash it on everyone so that they didn't have any. They'd buy all the stuff there. So it's like you know, it's kind of funny. That's that very thing. funny. Just disrupting your experience to see if yeah. you stole anything. It's <laughs> not even stealing. <laughs> that... It's just that if you had bought sweets down the road. They didn't want anyone bring it in sweets. Oh yeah, I I remember when <laughs> movie theaters cared about that. Now, now cinemas are just happy if you show up. Really, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can you can bring your outside snacks. Just please buy a ticket. We're desperate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And does it does it? It's quite interesting as well. Speaking of film with AI, how AI is going to play an important role. Like, I mean, it's crazy what you can do with AI, man. Like, it's just. Have you ever have you ever, uh, like messed around with any of the apps like Kyber or Runaway or anything like that? I've been very resistant to it. I th- I agree. It's incredible the stuff that um uh, that you can do with AI now that has not been available like you know year on year. It's it's mm. like it keeps doubling the you know the the things that you can do with it. But I've always been as someone who's you know, in a field where like I watch YouTube videos all the time now, like, oh, I was like, that looks interesting. And mm. like, I'm, I'm I'm listening to this video and I can tell that the voice is, you know, it's convincing, but it's, I can tell it's an AI voice. Yeah. And, like, ah. and then, and then you you're like, oh, this, the syntax of this, of this, this script that I'm listening to is very strange as well. Like it, everything makes sense, but it doesn't feel like it was written by a human. And then you realize, and you're basically just watching an AI video and you're like, ah, I just thought that that leaves a horrible taste in my mouth when I click on a YouTube video and it's that. So for me, I'm like, I don't want to go near the thing because yeah. I think authenticity is one of the uh, biggest uh, things that I can bring to my channel and my presence on YouTube is that I write everything myself. It's me on camera that you see yeah. and hear and um, all views are my own. You're, you're, people are coming from my perspective. Um, I've done like... I think I've used one AI image of, uh, I was describing the only time I've used AI in a video uh, is in the George Harrison video. I was talking about his song fish on the sand and none of the images on Google of a fish on the sand was hitting. Right. So I, I just put it in like Dali mini two, a fish on the sand and I, and I just looked so stupid. And I, I was like, <laughs> great, hilarious. And I used that. And I was like, oh, there you go. There's my, there's my big, you know, experiment with AI. I guess one other way I, I have used AI before, but this is more to get out of copyright than anything, mm. um, is when I preview a song and I'm talking about like the baseline or something like that, I might, you know, use AI to Extract bring something. down. Okay. Yeah. 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 Or, or yeah. Or, or at least like mix it a little bit. So the vocals and the guitar a little bit. Uh, lower and I can bring up the bass. I will use, I don't like to do it too much because it's just not, um, I, I guess, the the software that you can just use as a civilian on the internet. Yeah. It's just not at the level where it sounds very good compared to like what Peter Jackson's pulling off with his machine learning software where you can actually isolate instruments and vocals and backing vocals. If you try to get even like, kind of good programs there's still a lot of interference and a lot of weird gaps that happen when you isolate and uh, do that kind of thing so i do it but i do it sparingly and it's mainly to avoid copyright claims because that happens when it comes to using music for more than like four seconds in a youtube video so yeah that's my big yeah 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, bit... yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're really onto it because it's so widely known. Um, but uh, yeah, don't, I don't see it as something that I'll I'll put too much stock into myself. If other people want to use AI, that's you know, go ahead. But like, oh man, I was um. I was on TikTok the other day, being productive as usual, <laughs> and I saw a um, it was an ad for Roland. Um, ro- you know, Roland they make you know like the keyboards the and stuff, pedals and keyboards and that kind of thing. Yeah, this was a um, this was a drum machine that they were um, that they, they were like re- re- they had restored and you know they're they're selling this old vintage drum machine again. You know, they've made it look all nice and everything. But all the images that they used were all AI, and I was like, "Oh man, right. what a shame!" That's such a respected, yeah. um, you know, prestigious brand in music creation is relying on like awful, crappy AI imagery to sell a product. And I was like, "That's that that like it, it just really gives you pause." So for me, I I like to stay away from it because everything I've seen of it is usually handled quite badly and it's just so soulless to me. And um, I like things that have where you can feel the humanity in a, in a thing where it's a YouTube video or movie or a song. I like to feel the authenticity. I like to feel the human being behind the thing. And um, even though AI is getting very good and it's going to keep getting good and it's going to get harder to differentiate between the stuff, uh, while I can, and while I'm, you know, <laughs> still a creative person myself, I'm not going to go near it. But uh, yeah, that's my big take on AI. The thing about it is, and I would totally agree with everything you're saying. Um, you can do, I think, if you use it in a way of, like, I did a music video last year, <clears throat> and I did it in my room, basically with me in a green screen. But I used parts of AI for the backgrounds to create back like these strange backgrounds because AI kind of isn't at the level of that everything's kind of great and the song was quite yeah, psychedelic yeah. it gives you this weird yeah, right. ass shit that you wouldn't <laughs> that would be quite difficult to do otherwise because it can be very off and so I took kind of that and used it as backgrounds and did, did I mean it took me forever to do edit and stuff and all that stuff without AI but it just added this thing that I would never, and even if I did, it would take me weeks mm. to do. So I think if you use it in the aspect of you're just using it to kind of, uh, well, like a tool, up. like a, a yeah. tool for creativity, yeah. a tool to experiment. Um, it's but, not the whole there of it. You go. Like, yeah. And you even said it just then, like, you, you know, it still took you a while. You were still finessing, um, you know, with the sound that it was, uh, that you were being fed. You know what I mean? Like you were still making it your own thing. You're not like <laughs> you're not inputting a command into a computer, and you're like, "Please generate this song for me." You know, like well, I, did, I didn't do any. It was no music. I didn't do anything with music. It was just the video. It was no. I did. Right, never, right. I would never ever do it with AI generated music. I think that's just that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you actually are being you're selling something that isn't you. And I think for music, yeah, yeah. Like, no, but for the background of a video, like the green screen stuff, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. I can do interesting stuff. But when, once you get into oh, I music, see, I see, I yeah, see. once you get into stuff with music, I'll be like, no way, man. That just, 
that's disingenuous. You know what I mean? You're like, it's just. I thought you would, you would like generated some strange sound and you were oh, using no, it as no, like no, a no. weird, like, no, uh, no, know, no, it's just, I did like a, like a bed or something. Oh God, no. Um, it was just uh video ideas I had and I thought, cause I had the green screen done. I'll, I'll send you the video afterwards. Um, sure. Just for video stuff. I thought, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm not the greatest at making videos. And I thought it might be quite, quite interesting. Oh, my cat is here. Sorry. Mm. And um, you can do interesting stuff, like that, but but for music, no, nah, man, I wouldn't, you know. I, 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 yeah, I get it. It can create like visual textures. And stuff yeah. Would, yeah. You, you couldn't replicate by, you know, creating it from hand. You know, it, it's going to, it's going to do its own thing. Like, yeah, uh, I actually, you know, I've thought of another way that I have used AI. Um, it's, it is, you're right. It is all about how you use it. For me, like uh, I was creating the thumbnail for my YouTube video on now and then, and all mm. I needed to do was cause the, I, I wanted to use the album artwork, but I wanted it to, you know, an album is a square and a thumbnail is in 16 by nine. So I needed to, I, I basically just put the image into one of the, one of the sites. I don't know what it was. And I was like, extend it basically oh, like extend okay. the album and it does it pretty well. And then, then I just slap, you know, a picture of me on there as well. And there's my thumbnail. I don't think that's a malicious no, use no. of AI at all. You know, I think that's just being <laughs> smart. Like that, like I could have painstakingly removed the words now and then and doubled it and, yeah. you know, uh, smoothed it out and that kind of thing. But, you know, for a thumbnail, like no one's going to know the difference and, the result is the same and you're not stealing anything. So yeah, I think just, you know, have common sense. Have common I, sense I agree you, with you. Yeah. Like on st- those yeah. kind of things, it's quite, you know, as I, like, as I was saying to you, I, I used it in such a, a small way, but for something that would take a long time, you know, it might be 10% of the video, but still yeah. generates kind of quite interesting things. Hello. Sorry. My cat is just here crying at me. No, that's um, all right. That's okay. I, I thought it was, um, Hold on. Do you want to see my cat? She's quite beautiful. Yeah, sure. Oh, she's gone running. Hold on. Hold on. I'll get her. <laughs> I can see a cat in the background, a big cat face. Yeah. Say hello to Elliot. Stalin. She's got a mustache. Oh, she's gorgeous. <laughs> beautiful cat. Oh, her name is Stalin because she looks like Stalin. I know that sounds like such an awful name, but she has a legit now, mustache. Now, once you see the mustache, you get it. Yeah. Yeah. The mustache is quite cool. It's kind of Beatlesy, you know, that kind of yeah, pepper yeah. area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, um, hey, man, I probably should let you go because I know you're like, you're, you're, I've taken a lot of your time up. But, um, man, thanks so much for, um, I really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks so much for doing it. Oh yeah, this dude, this flew by. This was uh this was a really great chat. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, man. Um, I'd love to do it again sometime. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's it's very cool what you're building here. You've had some very um cool people in the music world uh on your podcast. Cheers, keep, keep building it. And um yeah, it's been a pleasure. And uh if uh I suppose if people don't know who I am. Uh, I'm on YouTube. My name is Elliot Roberts. Uh, I make videos about the Beatles and the Beach Boys and other stuff as well that doesn't really fit into those categories. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much, Paul, for having me on. Thanks. thanks. Uh, when's, when's the Beach Boys video coming out, the one that you're working um, on? Well, I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but I'm aiming to have 
a video on the Beach Boys Love You out by probably mid-December at some point. Okay. Um, I thought it was going to be like 15 minutes. It's turned out to be like a 45-minute project. Brilliant. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if you're if you've been wondering why I haven't talking spoken about the Beach Boys much, uh get ready because yeah, I'm I'm about to go head first into it. Um, Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Hey man, thank you so much for doing this, brother. And uh love the channel. I love what you're doing. I think it's really cool. And uh best luck with everything and look forward to the old Beach Boys video. Thanks, Paul. All right, appreciate Cheers, it. Cheers, bro. You take care. You too, man. See you later. Cheers, bro. Bye bye.